0: taking people, you know, maybe on a shamanic healing journey back to that point so that they can speak to that inner child and you know maybe see something in a different way, get that shift, get the healing that they needed at the time because that energy transfers through to who they are today. So so the key is to heal it where it first happened cuz that's more for a longer lasting result, you know, than just trying to recite a mantra or say, I'm just gonna suck it up or not feel that way anymore.
1: Hello, hello, I don't know why I took so many weeks not to record this stuff, this is so helpful, it feels so good to just talking to the mic, I know why people do this, boy oh boy does it make you feel clear and focused, and a, and a little bit, it's a little bit of a rush, I get it, and you probably won't even hear of this, I'm probably going to cut all this out. <laughs> This conversation is brought to you by, well, nothing, but I'm holding a, a coffee cup filled with Laird's Superfoods coffee. I go back and forth about drinking coffee, and right now I'm on the fourth, uh, not the fourth coffee, but I'm definitely, I'm, I'm doing coffee. Listened to an interview just yesterday with Michael Pollan talking about his new, I think it's an ebook, or at least, I don't know if it's a paper book. Um, it's in the ether somewhere. It's about caffeine and the effects, and uh, the long and the short of it is we we know that it has an effect, and got it's good to know about it. But he's a coffee drinker. He's a pretty wise, he's one of my favorite humans on the planet, I'd say. Generally seems like a pretty wise together fella, so he, uh, he didn't poo-poo coffee. So I feel a little bit more secure. Thanks, Michael Pollan. You know, speaking of secure, our guest on episode four, I've concluded this is episode four, which makes sense because it was literally recorded on March 12th. Yep, March 12th, the day that everything changed here. Um, it was that Thursday that we found out about the schools being closed, at least for the next day, and that it all kind of started to click for at least a lot of us that this is real. This is, a, this is actually happening. We don't know what's happening, but it's happening. That was literally this day. And you can kind of feel it in the conversation. Um, and who is this conversation with? I didn't even say it. Beth Manning. Now, Beth Manning is a local, as are most of my guests. She lives in Lambertville with her husband, Rob. I think there's a dog. Uh, There might be. Maybe it's in the conversation. I apologize, Beth. Either way, her and her husband, Rob, I think they're both, basically, they're both healers. She calls herself an intuitive, and it's probably the most accurate one word for her. She's she's very present she's extremely present and you can see it in her eyes um, and her journey is a lot of you know a lot of what we talk about is her journey from being a, an extreme cyclist lots and lots of biking um, competitive and dealing with the the tissue damage the joint damage and just the general discomfort and pain that came from doing that kind of thing which I am very familiar with having a background in rowing and being a Division One rower for a little bit, I get it. I know what being an athlete can do to your body if you're not careful, and if you're, you know, normally in this in this culture, we're not very careful when it comes to that stuff. So I get it, um, and that's why, literally on her homepage, I'm just gonna read it because it's so good. It says, "Heal your body, transform your life." Beth Manning, Intuitive. Um, I think this this basically sums it up. As a body intuitive, Beth will help you uncover the underlying source of your pain, which is usually not just because of biking or rowing or whatever you did, uh, by treating the root cause and healing on a deeper level. Deeper probably being a synonym for um, the the foundational level. I think that's what we kind of get into. You'll likely discover that other aspects of your life, for example, your relationships, and that includes with yourself. Your sleep, sleep patterns, relationship to sleep, the idea of sleep, energy, mood, and of course just general perspective or outlook will improve as well and be relevant to the whole process. Um, her you, her work is a unique blend of techniques and tools that she's uncovered. Yeah, we get into kind of a lot more of the specifics in the discussion. So one thing she doesn't say here in the homepage is that shamanic journeying, which is pretty neat, um, is a big part of what she studied and does. And that does not mean, as some of you may wonder, um, does not mean she is having you take, not that there's anything wrong with it, um, ayahuasca or mushrooms or LSD or anything of that nature. But uh, something more just primal and uh, elemental. That's the kind of shamanic journey she's focusing on. Um, let's see. <laughs> this word up-leveling. Gosh. The heck does that mean? <laughs> Leveling up, getting from one stage to the next. I guess that's the reality of what happens when you start to heal and you go on your journey and you uncover more that there's to uncover. Um, look, this was a this was a chat that I'd been wanting to have for a while. Uh, I met Beth back in 2019 because, quite frankly, I just kept seeing her wonderful social media posts and thinking, "Geez, she gets it." There's a nice. Uh, there's a nice mirror there, what a lovely young lady who seems to be on the same page about maybe everything, how wonderful. So we reached out and we started talking and this conversation, recorded conversation, was just an inevitability and we finally did it. And we did it on the day that the earth or that humanity changed forever, (laughs) at least in the United States and in our small little neck of the woods here. And you can kind of feel that. It's kind of in the it's in the tone of the conversation. We're we're both aware like this, um, we're not really sure what's happening, but we know we have to we can't ignore it. So let's just uh, let's just chat about us. Um I hope you enjoy it. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say much more. Beth Manning, intuitive healer, lives in Lambertville. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. As long as you're cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so I'm okay, okay, going to let, free, let you like my read. My ear is
0: not that direction. It doesn't matter.
1: Continue that thought. Okay. <laughs> when you're ready. And you're this one.
0: So I think that people are looking for, you know, another voice right now and, and another opinion just besides the mass panic of this epidemic. Um, people are looking for you know, more practical things that they can do and some reassurance as to, you know, what's going on and, and how they personally can maybe shift their lives and their energy and, and help to strengthen themselves and the people around them.
1: That was the thought. Yeah. Are you noticing people asking that? Is it coming up with actual clients, so to speak? Are people asking you for tools?
0: They are. I still feel like we're a little bit stuck in just the real height of fear right now. And people are still looking to the media, I mm. think, to to let them know what's going on and to give them the cue.
1: Hmm. Yeah. But you're not looking at the media, at least not the normal news. You, 2 don't look at the normal news.
0: Yeah, I don't. I, I mean, I read the headlines for yeah. sure. Um But it's just so, I mean, it's so hard to shift your energy back from that low place of fear Mm -hmm. after it's just, I mean, it's everything. It's the music. It's the tone of the voices, you know, the pictures that we're seeing. It just really preys on our subconscious.
1: I know you're on social media. What do you see in there? Is that different for you? Since we can sort of, uh, you know, cater that in our own way or, you know, contextualize that for ourselves.
0: Yeah, I think there. I'm definitely seeing some other points of view about putting everything into perspective, mm-hmm. and just how important it is to just shift out of that fear based energy,
1: mm-hmm. because
0: that's the place that we get sick in. You know, if we if we live in that place of fear, that's mm-hmm. that's where we're we're most vulnerable.
1: Yes. Yes indeed do you th- do you find people understand that right now more than normal or at all like okay, so the obviously I'll have introduced you by now, and people who are hearing this will have heard the literal introduction yep um there's a woman walking I, all right well, she'll have to deal with it uh, <laughs> this is gonna have to be interrupted
0: yeah no worries this is real life
1: mm-hmm quite the recording okay maybe I'll put that down um I'm having a challenging time keeping my thoughts in in order you know in order and organized right now it's a lot to respond day to day to people with regard to their general questions, but certainly those fears that you're in the anxieties and just the the uncertainties that people are presenting. The work you do with people is it obviously directly related to handling that? would you say?
0: Yeah, it's really about giving people the tools that they need to
1: just move it closer here yep, lower yep. It down and move it closer if you need
0: lower like which one lowers it this one the big one this one yeah okay does it
1: it does <laughs> yeah you gotta you gotta um do it okay
0: yep. this is the, the the like the the lightning round of challenge there you, know. you go hey, Yay. there we go
1: Lefty something, Lefty righty something. Righty depends how you look at it. Okay, but it is all about perspective, though, isn't it? Perspective.
0: Yeah, I mean we have we have two choices. We can either choose to live fearing this thing and waiting for us to get sick, or we can choose to you know know that we're healthy and that we can take some simple precautions, and you know that. I mean, we do have choices in life. We're not just sitting ducks.
1: Choice, 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 that's right. Well, okay, so I guess I wanna specifically acknowledge that you guide people to better understand these choices that they have and and to literally become more able to make specific choices. Yes,
0: yes, yeah, I help to give people the tools that they, need in their lives to help to guide themselves to listen to their intuition you know to help them tap into their inner knowing
1: yeah and what's your main background with that let's start with that or at least go back to that for those who don't know
0: to where it began to sure yeah
1: well i know you i think it was literally just through social media i reached out to you right yeah and there was the 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 Great lingo, the craniosacral lingo, the breathing lingo. Um, being in Lambertville, or at least right, you're mostly. Yep, based I'm in Lambertville,
0: Lambertville, and I and I work remotely too with clients.
1: Yeah, yeah. So all of that obviously relates to catalyzing more awareness of how to choose. Mm-hmm. But how does it? How would you um, describe it in your own words? Because so it's the, changed, it's a, right? Changed since we last spoke last year. It right? did. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: No, let's talk. Like talking about that transformation. Go for, for it for sure. So I used to be very, very structurally based. Um, when I biking,
1: right, big biker,
0: big biker, yeah, yeah. cycling. Um, I still love it for sure. I used to race and train super hard and get super injured, and uh, I was just always in pain. Um, and I ended up going to massage school, and you know, thinking that that would, you know, help me learn to you know what was going on with me and then I could help other people and other cyclists and athletes and you know I got there and I wanted just really structurally based stuff I didn't want any energy work you know none of that stuff that I wanted to be able to see it and to prove it Um, so I you know I went to school and um, started working with clients and I realized that it just there was something missing
1: Hmm.
0: And, uh, and I wasn't really getting the relief that I was hoping for either.
1: What kind of relief were you hoping for?
0: Well, I was, I think I was wanting an excuse to be able to train really hard and, <laughs> and not get injured and be able to ignore my body and just go, go, go.
1: Well, what was the context? You were biking for competition, right? And you were, I was, yeah. So how many miles a day is that essentially? 50 Um, plus a minute like minimum
0: yeah I mean it would be like you know 10 hours a week or you know plus racing on the weekends and yeah you know doing all winter long
1: for how many years was this
0: oh I mean I started cycling seriously like in in probably like 2006 okay so and and then it just kind of continued to ramp up from there and I've since kind of Eased back and found the the fun and the flow in it again. Mm. But that that definitely that was kind of my own transformation um, was that I wasn't getting better, and I would do all this heavy massage work, and it was just making my body hurt even more. And then self
1: massage. You were doing it on
0: your. Um, or or I was going to see people. Oh, okay. Yep. But doing like the foam rolling and you know all that mobility kind of stuff with the lacrosse balls and. Yep. Just jamming things into places and screaming and, you know. <laughs> fun.
1: That's that's not the fun and flow, right? Not,
0: not the fun and flow at all. <laughs> Quite the opposite.
1: For how many years was that your mode?
0: So it's definitely about like four or five years. It's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot of biking. Yeah, yeah. And, it, and it got to the point where.
1: I remember when we met, you were talking specifically about the obvious limitations in your hips,
0: right? yeah it was actually it was my my low back low back. Um, yeah. I was lifting in the winter and I I deadlifted and I just did this one lift and it was like, oh man, like game over. <laughs> this is <laughs> they had to wheel you out it was it was near that it was you know it was good it's good being married to a chiropractor oh um, boy. Yeah. but so he started to to get treated and they started to kind of decompress my this disc in my back and, you know, cause of course the MRI showed a bunch of, you know, gnarly things going on. Mm. Um, and it just didn't help. You the, know. <laughs> no,
1: it wouldn't help. And you're connecting the constant biking and the effects of that to your, um, being susceptible to an obvious injury, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Right. Cause I didn't really have any experience with, You know, I had no business lifting that weight. Picking
1: something off the ground in a specific way. Right, right. Got it. Just, why not? Why not try it? (laughs) Got it. Um, Okay, okay. And at that point, you weren't, your husband was already a chiropractor. You were already married to a chiropractor. Yep, yep. We we can just give him his name. What is it again? Rob. Rob, that's what three letters were in my head. So Rob was able to snap, snap you back, so to speak, And you were already practicing what you're doing now, or?
0: I was doing traditional massage at that time. Okay. Yeah. I started to see a a few different practitioners, and I actually just, it got worse the more that my back got kind of destabilized. Um, It just, I was to the point where I couldn't work very much. I was just in constant lower back pain, and I had a pretty bad hamstring injury at that point, too. Um, so it just felt, I just felt so defeated and I, you know, I couldn't ride my bike and that was where my friends were and my sense of self-worth, you know, of racing and training and seeing those numbers.
1: It's a whole world.
0: It is. It's a, it's a whole world. Um, so I, I've met, uh, a woman who was doing, uh, something called neuromuscular reprogramming, where it was like really working with the nervous system uh, to balance muscles and to kind of understand at a deeper level what the body needed. Um, so she was out of California, and she just happened to come and teach in New Jersey. So I started studying with her, okay. and that kind of led me down that kind of neuromuscular rabbit hole of of thinking more about the nervous system instead of just muscles. Got it. And there was a little bit of an energy work component to it as well. And, you know, so that it just kind of started to open that up a little bit for me. But it wasn't really until later on when I was really starting to like sink into people's bodies and really connect. And I, I was just seeing things that... Like, they would come to me, and before they would even speak, I would see the places in their body that were hurting or that were imbalanced. Um, I could hear their body kind of talking to me about what it needed. Wow. Yeah.
1: Now, when you said energy work, is that related, what you just described? Yes, that I would, I would call that. ability to sense some, Okay. Yeah. And I was going to ask, what does energy work mean to you? Because it's not the same, I'd say, to everybody. I don't think everybody has the same Explanation for that and the same meaning is applied to it. Um, that's a unique way of describing it, I'd say. You could literally yeah. hear hear what was needed is kinda of Yeah, it was like it was hearing kind of their it.
0: kind of like inner knowing or, you know, inner physician or whatever you want to call it, just starting to speak. And at that point I had no clue what to do with this information. Mm-hmm. And it just kept getting louder and louder. And I managed to connect with a mentor and she she helped me to open up all these abilities and to see, you know, the medical intuitive and the psychic healer um, that had been inside me all along. And so it just started to open up very quickly for me. And then I kind of began to go deeper and learn how to do you know, shamanic healing journeys and, and to help people heal on an energetic level. <laughs>
1: yeah, I just want to keep hearing about it.
0: <laughs> sure. Um, so, I mean, it's it's really it, like the the physical body will have symptoms, but we often have an energetic imbalance first.
1: Right. And I know we talked a bit about this last year when we met. Um, and you used some of the same language, the shamanic component there, and we did basically describe spirituality in a similar way, you and I, and right, sounds like you're essentially describing it the same way you did last year, but I, I wanted to wait to you, for you to put it more into your words still before. You're, you're describing, obviously, this journey that you were on yourself learning, and right. i Getting the impression that this is all part of how you arrived at what you're doing today, right? Yes. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So carry on. <laughs> okay. Unless um, I mean, all I really am getting at is if you wanted to specifically unpack what shamanic work means, like right now I'd love to hear it, but I was waiting for you to continue.
0: Yeah. It's it's so it's a lot of um seeing how the symptoms that people are having or the energy imbalance that they're having is related to, you know, past energetic things that have happened. So traumas or, you know, um, even just thinking the same limiting beliefs over and over again, you know, situations, childhood stuff, and going back in that energy. um, And I, and I'm able to see the inception point of that energy of you know when when that first occurred and then taking people you know maybe on a shamanic healing journey back to that point so that they can speak to that inner child and you know maybe see something in a different way get that shift get the healing that they needed at the time because that energy transfers through to who they are today so so the key is to heal it where it first happened hmm. cuz that's more for a longer lasting result you know, than just trying to recite a mantra or say, "I'm just gonna suck it up" or not feel that way anymore. Hmm.
1: What's the next tool I get it? We're gonna. I'm gonna come back to it. I just want to. Yeah. That's like a piece of the puzzle, right? You because. Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: Yeah, so I mean, it's really just working with the whole energetic body to create balance. So was, you know, if there's an imbalance in one of the chakras.
1: So, did you know, was this all relevant to you during the time of biking and prior to that? Obviously, in that particular injury, or is this all information that you started to take in after that? And after that, you called her the neuromuscular reprogramming, the woman who introduced you to that.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is all. Is this
1: like a before and after kind of?
0: Yeah, this is all. This is kind of the second phase. Okay.
1: And what was this woman's name? Is she still in your life?
0: So the neuromuscular reprogramming?
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So that was kind of the initial thing that got me out of the massage world. hmm You know, the traditional massage world.
1: It well, sounds like that was the turning point.
0: It was. It was one. I think that was one turning point. And then the other one was when the energy work really started to open up.
1: Okay. Got it.
0: Yeah. Does that, is that clear? Do you it want me is. to kind of? No. Yeah. It's okay. like,
1: it's like you're following breadcrumbs, right? Exactly. Because you're the, I mean, not everybody obviously has this sort of understanding that you do. So it's nice to know how you arrived at where you are. And of course, you're going to, you're continuing to learn, hence you're still thinking about how you're even going to present this workshop and, and contextualize this workshop. Right. And I always like to know, how did you, what were the breadcrumbs that you followed? What's the, what were the pieces that you picked up along the way that, Helps you make sense of all of this.
0: So I think it was really just feeling it in myself first. You know, kind of using myself as a guinea pig for healing, and you know, seeing seeing the pieces that I needed to put into place in order to heal my body. And then I would just, I would just have people come into my office who needed different things, and it would challenge me in a new way.
1: When did the Lambertville office begin? You've already got that. That yeah. was with massage already at that point?
0: Yeah. So that was my my business started um, as Breakaway Body Works mm-hmm. in Lambertville in 2016.
1: Got it. Okay.
0: And then I've recently shifted um, as of like this month um, into dropping the Breakaway Body Works and... You know, which was very cycling oriented, and yeah. and structurally it oriented. Like it. Yeah, yeah, and um, and and moving more into the energy work with my own brand, Beth Manning, mm-hmm. and, you know, keeping a blend of you know structural work, energy work, movement, breath, just really helping people with whatever tools they need to to begin to change their lives and feel better. And just live their purpose and live their best life. And I've started introducing programs with the way that I'm working now. So as opposed to like a one-off session, mm-hmm. uh, people come in and we talk about their goals. And then I create a specific program for them that involves one-on-one work. So either in person or remote, and then also I give them all the tools that they need, you know, along the way. So if it's meditations, healings, um, you know, whatever whatever they need to support in between the sessions and then they have access to me to continue to help them. So it's more like we're on this journey together as opposed to like just watering the garden once a week. You know, that's great, but it's like okay. let's keep maintaining in between. So if they get stuck, they can reach out and we can really Work together on this journey.
1: Are people responding to that? Do you find that they reach out?
0: Yeah, it's been a really good, amazing feedback so far. And, and I'm excellent. All my new clients are really excited to start a program.
1: Let's come back to that. I want to know more about the particular learning that you were going through for your own quote unquote healing. You willing to share more about that? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. What were some of the root details that? makes that made more sense as you were going through this uh how would you learning healing what's the wording you would use
0: yeah so in terms of the spiritual aspect
1: any of it right well you specifically said you got to go to the root yeah you got to go to the beginning yeah so what was the beginning
0: so the beginning i think just what i think a real light bulb moment for me was when i realized that it's it's not just about healing muscles, you know, it's not, the muscles are really at the bottom of the food chain and the nervous system rules everything. And the limbic part, so the part that's that's going to be responding to events and traumas and, and it's the emotions, like that really is what drives our response to movement and life and how we think and how we feel. So starting there is so important.
1: Thank you. And what's, again, just whatever you feel like saying, what specific, do you have a sense as you've been, of course, doing your own self-discovery and self-inquiry and becoming more aware of your own nervous system, if you will, mm-hmm. what, what did you need to learn and unpack, if you will? And obviously these words with you, it's very obvious that it's so good to be particular about the wording and not just (laughs) ramble on. (laughs) Yeah. I like that. And I'm normally very particular about the wording, but with you, it's almost amped up Um, because you're so rhythmic and you're so measured and and calm. I love that. (laughs) So what, how However you interpret the wording is great. What specifically yeah. did you need to become more aware for yourself with respect to as you just described those the way I would word it is uh the those original stories that or i guess again it sounds like you agree with that or looks like you agree with that rooted in your neurological patterning, yeah, again, change the wording'cause you're you 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 talk about this all the time with people. Mm -hmm. as well. So put it in your words, and I'm just reflecting it back in the ways that I can.
0: Yeah, I think, um, so to just take it one step further with the emotions, just realizing that, that I had had a lot of emotions that from over the years, like my father passed away when I was nine, and I always was just, you know, very emotionless. Like I just tried to be happy all the time. You know, which I guess is an emotion, but <laughs> but I was ignoring all the other emotions.
1: You were suppressing something.
0: Yeah, I was. I was really suppressing, letting people know that I was sad and unhappy and but were you, what you weren't I needed. Conscious
1: of that at nine, were you?
0: No, it was just. It was a very. I think I was just trying to survive and you know protect my mom. Got it. No. And I didn't know. I didn't really know how to process any of that, so I just kind of put on a happy face. And kept going through life and I think riding that bike was the way that I could get that out and, and I, I didn't I never realized that
1: I assume you were born into a fairly conventional nuclear family with one mother one father and any siblings and any pets
0: no no siblings just no cats siblings.
1: just cats and a mother and a father yep as opposed to uh, more all inclusive villagey sort of orientation or organization. You weren't part of a tribe or some sort of what people would call cult. You were just in a normal f- familial context with
0: yeah. your parents,
1: and then one dies.
0: Right. Yeah. That's right. a big
1: deal. Yeah. Yeah. That would require you to buck up. <laughs> yeah. Or break. Yeah. Okay. And you didn't consciously just focus on survival but it sounds like that's what you're aware of now
0: yeah I think as I start to unpack it through All my, of
1: which is pretty normal like, yeah obviously that's a pretty normal story
0: yeah I guess
1: well yeah. the way I meant that I was trying to present it is like of course everybody in our world and most of the people that we know probably grew up in that context just yes two parents obviously and whether for whatever reason that sometimes there's just one. Right. It's relatively normal.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But I think I'm, I'm finally starting to it like, you know, in my late thirties now to unpack all the feelings that I had repressed for so many years and just allowing myself to finally feel them and to feel where they've been stored in my body. And it's, you know, letting the true healing begin finally.
1: Well, finally, but we're in 2020. It sounds like you've been doing that for at least five years now. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yep. You're still discovering things though.
0: Definitely. (laughs) Still discovering every day.
1: So biking stopped roughly 2011-ish, it sounds like, or at least that, that heavy, intense, competitive, just push, 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 go, 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 all, to the limit kind of biking but even now nearly 10 years later you're still unpacking
0: yeah it's probably i i think i cycled competitively to like 2013 or 2014 okay and then that was about when the reality it is, had that it enough. is still
1: <laughs> it, five or over five years of consciously unpacking what's going what you know your neurological patterning and especially with regard to your as you said the limbic uh part in limbic system.
0: Yeah, and I think it's really important for people to see that it takes years. That's you know? the point. Yeah. Yeah, it's not just <laughs> it's like, not you know, immediate. oh, 10 sessions and and I'm, you know, returned back to this perfect person. Yeah.
1: No, it's not and it's shocking to me as well. I I think I forget that in relationship with myself because I have to think for a moment about when I, you know, consciously began if you will, but I'm, I am normally in awe of still just how much there is unintended patterning. I, I always call it habitual patterning. That's just the wording I feel most comfortable using. Uh, it seems most relatable to me to so we'll call it that. Um, and I didn't have to deal with what you dealt with. Like literally, I imagine you were really needing to be there for your mom. Yeah, definitely. Ex- excessively.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yeah, in a very protective way.
1: That's a big deal. Right. Yeah. Um, and just because it's it sounds like it's a fairly obvious detail here, you're equating all of that biking to a kind of, and it obviously probably wasn't just the biking, but the biking is the most obvious context. It, it, was it a kind of escape or a numbing or a, avoidance in general? Yeah, definitely. Got it.
0: I mean, I didn't realize that at the time. Oh, yeah. You know, but...
1: If we knew, we wouldn't hopefully do it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) exactly.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I've been working with this model right now where everything that is... The further you get from balance, the more you're either in a forced... You're you're forcing something. Again, normally not on purpose. Or you're avoiding or escaping. So if you go in either direction, so to speak, too far you're forcing or avoiding and escaping. And I do say or on purpose. I don't think it's normally both, but there might be an and or component to it. Both of which are forms of violence, it seems, in a very strict sense, like a violation of a natural harmony and balance. Okay, Mm -hmm. you're shaking your head like that resonates with you. Yeah, so you are so obviously not forcing things now. It's like written all over you. (laughs) what did you need to what was that process um, those last five years and then now like I imagine it was relatively uh, hmm, draining at times
0: yeah definitely (laughs) yeah because you feel like you're right back there sometimes or like you know I've dealt with this already why is it coming up again you know it can be sometimes you feel like you're going around in circles
1: yeah, that's the spiral, right?
0: I He's, think having a guide and you know, I have um a mentor that I work with, a spiritual mentor. Did we talk now? about
1: that when we met? Mentorship?
0: Uh, I don't know that we did.
1: I don't remember either, but that's a game changer, isn't it? Yeah.
0: yeah. Yes, <laughs> that's a huge game changer.
1: A, is your mentor female?
0: She is, yeah.
1: I, yeah. Might be worth unpacking that. But yeah, that is I didn't have that prior to 26 17, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a huge game changer.
0: Yeah, I think having a guide is everything because there are just things that we can't access in ourselves. There are blind spots. You know, it doesn't matter how much journaling we do. You know, you just, sometimes you need a different perspective.
1: Right. Yeah, how much journaling or even meditating and, and just nasal gazing, yeah. how much <laughs> of it you do. Yeah, I think you you have to plateau. And doesn't that make sense, though? It does. To you at this point? It in does. Like a natural sen- a natural context of how growth really has to happen.
0: Yeah, I mean there has to be pain. Well, and there I mean there has to be that those areas where we're really forced to the grindstone yeah. to in order to change, I think. You know, well, I mean, me, it, all right, I,
1: let me rephrase that then. I guess I mean like doesn't it make sense that you'd have to learn there'd have to be a human refl- reflecting something back as opposed to you literally just sitting there and observing yourself in a meditative context, which is obviously valuable, but perhaps not everything. Like it gets yes. you to a certain point, but just like anything, it you have to then go to the quote unquote next level. You gotta level up. Yes. It sounds like mentorship for you is almost like a way to have leveled up.
0: Definitely, and having that collaboration and that kind of, you know, that different energy too, of, of reaching out to other people to help you with where you're at, and to get to that next level.
1: Yeah, I would not be where I am if I did not have those kinds of lifelines. And a couple in particular. Mm-hmm. Um, were you consciously looking for a mentor?
0: I was when the when all this energy, like seeing and knowing, started to open up. I knew that I was like, I need the to intuitive component. If exactly. You will. Yeah, yeah, when the intuitive component opened up for me, I knew that, like I. I wanted to learn it the correct way. Like I wanted to, to know what I was dealing with and kind of have the tools myself to know how to use it in a really ethical, like high integrity way to help people heal.
1: Right. And have you mostly succeeded in that at this point or?
0: Oh, definitely. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Good. Yeah. I mean, I've worked intensely with this person in person and online and. Intense yeah. weekends and good, really learning a lot of things, and then meeting other people who do what I do, and being able to, just, you know, have that collaborative, kind of, back and forth aspect. Mm.
1: Right, makes sense. What's this person's background? Can we use this person's name, this ma- mentor?
0: Yeah, sure. Um, her name is Carrie Cardozo. And uh, That's Carrie's background. So she's a
1: Carrie G or Carrie K C C. Yeah, yeah. not Option I, three. Yeah. Well, <laughs> G was not right, but yeah, K or C. Carrie C got it.
0: Yep. Um, so she she helps other psychics and healers um, hone their abilities, and she also has a business coaching background too. So it helps um, to kind of create the whole picture. How'd you meet? I actually, I listened to her podcast.
1: How appropriate. How
0: appropriate. <laughs> Shout out to podcasts. And it's just, you know. Couldn't
1: have been that long ago then, you said.
0: This was remember. in 2016. Yeah. there
1: were podcasts in 2016? I mean, I know there were, but people were actually listening to them.
0: I was, yeah. Oh, wow. On my commute.
1: Late bloomer myself. Yeah. Uh, wonderful. What's her podcast called?
0: I don't even think she has a podcast anymore. Not
1: anymore. But she was there in the beginning. Early
0: adopter. Yeah. Yep.
1: In and out. She got what she <laughs> needed. She met you. She found her mentee.
0: Yeah. Yes.
1: Awesome. And was she specifically? I mean, I'm all. it's a neat dynamic. Like, I wasn't consciously looking for a mentor. And I don't think my, quote, unquote, mentor was consciously looking for a quote, student, if you will. Well, lack of better terms if, and phrase it however you want to. Um, do you think Carrie is normally in a mentorship role or was this a pretty unique thing for her too?
0: Yeah, I think when I met her, she was leaving the corporate world and starting, like she was kind of a, a psychic in the closet, you know, didn't didn't want to be judged. And so she knew that she had to come out as and be truthful about that. And so her podcast was kind of a way that she was doing that. You know, she was starting to open up to the world as this psychic. Mm-hmm. And uh I don't know, you just know when you're drawn to somebody and that they have something that to share that you need. And I didn't even know what it was at the time that I needed. You know, I didn't this energy stuff I I still probably would have said like, uh, you know, I don't know if that stuff works. Like when I started listening to her, you know.
1: I hear you, I get it.
0: And then she's talking about manifesting and all these other things. And I'm like, wow, that is pretty cool, you know, and I just kept listening. And I think she offered a group program and I was like, hey, this just feels right. And that's what I just keep saying. It's like, it just feels right. It's like, I just knew last summer that I had to work with her in person. So I just reached out and we made it work. You know, it's like, I think when you see that you're being guided in life, that, you know, once you stop forcing and just start trusting and following kind of the breadcrumbs that are before you, that everything becomes so much easier.
1: I hear you. I relate. Yeah, relate. Do you think this this is concept? This is concept, like nitty gritty, like this is deep concept here. I'd say because it's so abstract and so hypothetical but do you think this kind of all right your experience and the trauma that you would you call it trauma yeah, yeah okay. definitely so the trauma that you experienced and the uh obviously two decades worth of dealing with it but not knowing how to deal with it like living with it and not consciously knowing what to do over two decades It sounds like mm-hmm. um do you think that has to be the human experience. Does that is that how we have to develop and grow as humans? In other words, is there a context that you ever imagine and by the way, I do, where that doesn't have to happen, <laughs> where that isn't the I would call norm, because I do fundamentally believe that is the norm.
0: Yeah. I think it's it's such a common Somebody out there. It, oh no, I'm just looking. <laughs> <laughs> i Damn think it, windows i know <laughs> stupid nature um
1: well sort of yeah
0: yeah we can pretend i think somebody that,
1: wanted to record a podcast in the sauna once again
0: oh really wow
1: we can't do that no we, hmm. we'll break everything
0: do these have like a heat like oh no, and certain- it's 200
1: degrees it wouldn't work i mean it, we could do it in extension cords and everything but not have the sauna on no
0: yeah okay go on <laughs> <laughs> i i mean i think so often people need that i don't know if need but they just experience that trauma you know it's like in order to heal do we need to have the trauma
1: that's tim he was here this morning okay okay well do we need to think all right um i, I understand do you, ever, you what do. You're oh, saying you do okay yeah good I don't think it's a question that I that I can normally ask people so. Yeah. Nice.
0: I think so many people do experience trauma and that you know a disease, a death, a near death experience
1: from what I can tell everybody you know, I'm not I know, anybody it, who doesn't.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that that's that can open up that window to start to explore the energy side of themselves and the intuitive side of themselves. And to start to open up and ask, like, what else is there in this world? Like, what is what? What does this mean? Am I being guided?
1: Well, meaning is such a cool word. Obviously, my hand gestures ref, you know, reflected that. Like, go back to the limbic aspect of what you were describing. Like, is not the innate neurological patterning? Change the wording if you want. Mm-hmm. Or are you cool with that phrase? Neurological patterning and yeah, yeah all right cool then we'll just call That's it that cool is not the innate neurological patterning that you were referencing in the limbic system rooted in something uh that we project meaning upon
0: definitely yeah we need that
1: especially with language
0: yeah yeah it's like you- not on purpose right Yeah, you need that initial trigger in order to have the response.
1: Well, that specific event is what I believe is not necessary. I can't, I'm obsessed over the possibility of a context where that's not normal. And I do think that's the norm. And I think people who realize something like that or some aspects of that are what, you know, that's who your mentor is, that's who my mentor is, that's what a quote unquote a, a successful healer essentially has realizes that these stories are the roots of our neurological patterns that we don't have to live in accordance with. Correct. Okay. Great. That wasn't profound. And therefore, hypothetically, maybe the normal experience, which clearly has an aspect of trauma and therefore pain and suffering to it does not have to be the normal experience if we are more aware of that um, particular aspect of our consciousness.
0: Yeah, it's like, um, you know, are we gonna learn or are we gonna learn the hard way?
1: Yeah, like,
0: like this coronavirus right now. So it's inevitably (laughs) going to come back to that because
1: it's all about choice, right? So choice, I often joke, I think you saw it on social media that literally all we're selling is the ability to choose. Mm -hmm. I think you basically agreed with that. Yes. So that has to be a matter of literally changing your neurological patterning to the deepest, to the most... Yeah, in the most fun, you know, innate and and foundational ways. Right. All right. So go now corona.
0: <laughs> corona, corona. Let's do this. <laughs> okay. Um Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's a matter of choosing to let, let that fear in and keep responding to the fear um or seeing that you know, we have the power within ourselves to tap into, like, our something greater and that inner knowing that it's, like, we don't have to... Like, that we have everything inside of ourselves to kind of reach up and and still have love and joy in our lives. You know, we don't have to live in this fear just because the media is telling us we have to or the local school is telling us that we have to... Just a story because of a story. Yeah, it's just a story.
1: Well, at least partly... We don't. I don't I think that's the part we wanted to be sensitive to. Obviously, we don't want to. say...
0: Yeah, like we still we need to prepare. Naive, you know? <laughs>
1: ignorant jackasses, as I phrased it. Exactly. But there's yeah. a. Nev- there's definitely some kind of a story to it, or at least the. There is probably some kind of a story, and if we're not conscious of that, we will. R- clearly, resort to what we sometimes call our most primitive and basic. Um, reactive nature. Yeah. Which is not the way to evolve seemingly. We, yeah.
0: We need to see who who <laughs> is creating that story. You know, are we creating it? The media is the media creating something that we are then saying like, Oh yeah, this is my experience. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Do you think there's a possibility that we'll as a species be able to live without unintentionally and unnecessarily uh limiting ourselves with stories do you think that's a possibility for humanity Oof. well that's what i'm driving at yeah. cuz i personally think that's what you are catalyzing yeah. as a somebody that i relate to as like essentially a colleague like to me the what was so neat about what i noticed you describing last year before we met was oh that seems like the same exact understanding of how somatics if you will is is relevant to the bigger quote unquote picture and the spe- and the, the neurological patterning at its core like it was obvious that you were thinking essentially the same way yeah but I don't know I don't know any other point other than to imagine and project intentionally a possibility for humanity where we're not bound to our those stories
0: yeah i think that would require a lot of up leveling
1: damn straight wow
0: (laughs) but uh, isn't that the point yeah yeah it is is the point point, but I, i i mean also i think that there there's just such a you know that Gary Larson cartoon where he's like sprinkling all the different kinds of people into the world, right? And he puts idiots in just for yes. for fun. I mean, I think we, <laughs> we we I think we need diversity. Oh. In our world to survive and it's um I mean it's interesting well, to think about it doesn't like could necessarily we
1: really mean idiots though? But Yes,
0: but I mean I think different levels individuality, of individuality
1: maybe and yeah. un- and our unique expressions of our literal genotype and and yeah yeah our literal unique expression of what we're here to our blueprint like Mm -hmm. did you just jump in other words and i wish people saw how much we were smiling did you just (laughs) jump to some sort of like um excessively unified oneness kind of world where there's no uh there is no diversity did you just jump to that as a
0: well, I think we need diversity. I think.
1: Yeah, but did you just imagine a world where there wasn't diversity?
0: I don't know. That's pretty impossible. Well,
1: right. But I'm, yeah. I mean, I I don't want that. That's not no, what I was at no, all no. imagining and projecting and suggesting. Like that wouldn't be. We know that that would suck.
0: Right. That would suck pretty hard.
1: Yeah. And it's not possible. Not possible. It's not literally possible as a na- as a in biology and in nature like as a. Yeah. Earth wouldn't be Earth. That's not life. Life, as far as I can tell, literally requires diversity and yep. apparent differences.
0: And we need these catalysts to change and grow. We need people to push our buttons. We need people to trigger us.
1: I know. And I'm just imagining a world where we... It, don't you think it's excessive, though, Like for humanity to be having these kinds of buttons and these quote-unquote triggers like the context that i'm imagining and again like we'll have to take a picture so people know we're smiling because <laughs> it's not obvious they're like, smiling we're smiling we're smiling the whole Lots time. you don't stop smiling you are you are a very happy person oh well, you
0: know <laughs> the <laughs> talking uh, about the end of the world or whatever we're talking about i'm
1: not i'm talking about the i'm imagining deliberately with you because it's normally not possible to do so and it's fun for me to do so imagining and i don't think i'm the only one that does i know i'm not the only one that does this that would be absurd if i thought i was um the possibility of humanity to i think transcend is an accurate word in this context transcend our limiting beliefs basically is what we're talking about and what that would theoretically look like like i'm actually more talking like star trek kind of st- life trial <laughs> honestly like where we literally are. Like, her Earth is good. Like, we got the Earth thing figured out. We figured out how to do Earth. Now let's go have fun and explore. That's what I'm talking about, as opposed to war. And that's why I said I think that it is appropriate to categorize excessive behavior as violence, which is another way of saying it's what causes and is the foundation for war. So I'm just describing a world where we're not, normally excessively uh at risk for violent and warlike behavior yeah which i believe is possible and i don't think has anything to do with nature i think that's exactly the point it's the the tendency towards excess is rooted in our stories not nature right right that's all i'm saying
0: (laughs) yeah yeah interesting
1: well what do you think Because I don't get to talk about that with everybody. What do you think?
0: Yeah, I just... uh, So I want to ask you then, what would the point of being here be then?
1: To create and express an experience. Um, That's not hard to answer, in my opinion. In other words, I I think there's an element of that, quote-unquote, friction or, or tension that's needed, but I don't think it's needed in the ways we normally experience it, which tip the scales in a way i'd say that imbalance where imbalance is the norm wouldn't it children don't need that as far i mean if you ever do you want to have kids do you two you and rob think about that is that we do yeah yeah i hope you witness what i've witnessed which which is children are i only have one so my my data pool is small, but I've observed most. And I think creativity is the innate tendency to be creative and expressive. I don't think we need a lot of the other challenge. I don't think we need the general challenges that we just are accepting as normal that we as a, as a culture and a species just like that's life. I don't think we need most of that. I think we are innately pretty damn curious and excited and inspired and creative from what I can tell. And mm-hmm. it, I, I just don't think the world would be a bad place if we were mostly that way, if that was the norm.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> I don't think it'd be really all that challenging to enjoy life if that was the reality. It's just so foreign to us, hence I think you asked that, like, what would be the point?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm not aware of a context that where this is the case. Like we People want to look it back at indigenous cultures, so to speak, which is mostly hypothetical because we're so removed, or look at what we still think are indigenous cultures, and it's so hard to not do that from a conventionally anthropological or even just specifically Western point of view where we think of it as other. But the little bit of research that I've tried to do from my little... Seat here if you will is is has led me to believe that we don't really know what's possible for uh, a civilization and if we embark on that as a like intentionally as a species instead of believing the stories that we believe for thousands of years mm-hmm. <laughs> christianity being one of the most modern renditions of it um
0: yeah there's some fear there yeah
1: oh hell yeah man. yeah yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> like we i think the world that we imagine and want is is right there available for us just like our neurological patterning could be different and of course it does require the time for it to change but okay let's take a step back you you've, you've shama, shamanism sometimes to people means like um taking plant medicine mm-hmm. is that relevant to you have you ever done anything in that regard
0: I haven't. I. Okay. So that's I like not the to just, shamanic
1: component you're talking about.
0: Correct. Yeah, I like to tap into that energy instead. You know? Yeah,
1: and I, I don't. Yeah, that's not necessary in my opinion either. Right. But uh, I think anybody who's ever done something intentionally and, and kind of hel- safely in that regard, which is pretty easy, especially now with the research done with psilocybin, mm-hmm. you pretty much experience I be, a freedom from your neurological patterning. And theoretically, that there's no reason to think that that couldn't be more normal. It doesn't have to be trippy, but that kind of awareness of basically just the awesomeness, A-W-E, capital mm-hmm. A-W-E, of, of existence, could that not be the norm? Is that not in part the the uh, desire? I'm going to stop talking.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, you're doing great. Um, so I think from a spiritual perspective, um, I tend to think that we, you know, we are souls in bodies on this planet, and our soul has to. It wants to become whole. It wants to be, you know, integrated. Um, and just to be as whole as it can. That's part of why we come here. We have, I think we come here with lessons to learn. And part of what we sign on for is that, you know, we're going to have things happen to us, you know, to help our souls grow and evolve. And, And there's really no, it's really hard to grow and evolve without having Things happen that we have to then heal from.
1: My interpret or the interpretation that I'm familiar with of what you just described is honestly basically Hinduism 101. Even mo- most yogis would uh, really, at their core, believe. Is there is that a familiar background? Is that a relevant background for what you just described?
0: I, I you weren't born a, with
1: you weren't born thinking that, were you?
0: I wasn't. My okay. so my dad was actually a Buddhist.
1: <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, it's kind of know. Buddhism. It's essentially yeah. Hinduism and Buddhism. Maybe we'll, yeah. we'll call it Buddhism. Yeah. Okay.
0: So I have a, you know, a loose understanding there's of karma, that. Karma. There's reincarnation. Yeah, there's all yeah. that jazz. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So I, I guess it is similar.
1: But to, that's not the that. that's not what you're intentionally describing. It's similar, but it's not how you're relating to it.
0: Yeah, I mean I, I don't know that I'm thinking about it ex- exactly like through that lens. Okay. It's just kind of my own way of that I see things and and believe things and have been shown things.
1: What have you been shown with through is that related to the healing you've gone through? So yeah. To speak?
0: Yeah. And just being able to tap into the energy
1: I never know exactly what people mean by souls. It's a great word, though. <laughs> <laughs> Big smile. what is it? can you tell me what it means to you?
0: Um, I mean, we all have a soul that. So our our soul travels, you know, different bodies, different times. You know, the, so your soul has had you know, many, many lives perhaps, you know, we have different, some of us have young souls, some of us have old souls, Um, you know, depending on how many trips we've had here or or somewhere else.
1: Got it, yeah.
0: Yep, so our soul can have trauma from a past life or past experiences and that can carry through to, you know, the person that you are today
1: All right. I know that story. I know all that. Yep. That all, yeah. Regardless of how accurate or however you want to relate to that, is it not also then basically easy to say here we are at this point in time, ready and ripe for the the lesson which these souls have needed at in this context to then transcend so much of our collective trauma as a species. I think we could easily. Okay. Shaking your head. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Therefore it would also be pretty easy to imagine. And maybe appropriately healthily wisely so uh an experience on this planet where we are no longer needing the lessons that we've
0: yeah i mean if we can learn what we need to learn without all the pain (laughs) you know that would be a a pretty good place (laughs)
1: well isn't there really only one lesson at the end of the day
0: I mean, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) All
1: right, nervous laughter.
0: All right, getting super deep.
1: I know, and like I didn't plan for any of this. That's all right. We do have to wrap up, unfortunately. Um, well, I figured you would. I appreciate that. Yeah. But if you take a moment, and it doesn't matter how much airspace there is, because we can just edit it out. If you take a moment to think about that, and like is that a silly question that there is essentially just one lesson? Is that a silly question to you? Does that sound like some sort of tyrannical <laughs> monstrosity kind of point of view.
0: Um, no, I mean, I'd have to think about that a little bit. Yeah.
1: Well, knowing that I'm not trying to sound like some sort of totalitarian here. Unity is an element of what you're describing, right? There's an inherent unity to, to what I'll call reality. So what I'm getting at is this is would not then logically our lesson be how to experience the inherent unity of existence?
0: Yeah, that would be a good lesson. All right. I, I think we have individual lessons also, you know things that we need to to learn you know your lesson and my lesson might be different. You know, a lot of times we have events in our lives that kind of mirror other things. You know, they keep popping up. It's like, why is this happening again? Why is this person treating me this way? Or why do I keep losing my job? Or why this, you know? Sure. So I think we have different patterns. I, I
1: jumped deep into concept territory and knowingly so. The way to learn is obviously unique and individualized and different for everybody. Right, right. But the what to learn, there's got to be some kind of glue to it. Right. What we're all learning. Right. That's all I'm suggesting. What we're all here to learn, there's got to be some common ground.
0: Right, a collective learning, yes. Yeah,
1: that's all. Yeah. Yep. The way is different. And the way to express what we've learned and what we understand is... Beautifully unique. Yes. Yeah. And for it to be any other way would not be life.
0: Yeah, gotta keep it spicy. Spicy spicy and individualistic.
1: Spice of life. Yeah. Variety. Yeah. But not too much, no? I guess that's kind of my point, isn't it like possible that we've gone to an extreme with that whole individualistic kind of thing to the extent that we've in a buddhist context like a lot of what is you've know, talked about mantras but in general like a lot of what is the one way to very effectively oversimplify the lesson is to remember and if you remember need to remember that implies you've forgotten so remember forget remember forget right isn't it Isn't it possible that something that's unique to being human is the capacity to experience that the sense of all uh, of be, how unified existence is and also to forget that to a very painful extent?
0: Yeah, definitely. And then do this kind of experience the things that guide you back to it.
1: Yes. And all... If you're willing to see it. Yeah. <laughs> if you're willing. Right. Okay and all i'm curious about is isn't it theoretically possible for us to normally be aware of that as opposed to forgetting that and that was that was all i was doing with concept zone there
0: yeah <laughs> yes yeah, so that's kind of the ultimate goal is to be aware and to live aware
1: and so the work you do is is
0: yeah, it's bringing people closer to that. Yeah. Okay. Helping people to to navigate the things they need to navigate, to give them the tools to help navigate on their own. Mm-hmm. You know, and to to help them discover their purpose and their ultimate reason for being here. You know, what their their truth is, what their good life is and just bringing them closer to that.
1: Which they will probably then be able to take on and uh like a ripple effect do with someone else exactly some way, yeah in, in their own unique way
0: yeah and just helping people see the power that they have to change the world you know it's like changing the world begins with you begins with me
1: i'm a little stuck on the possibility that what i've been what i was describing sounded too um out there or too detached from reality and is that? Am I am I, just being insecure there?
0: I think you're just being insecure. Okay,
1: good, because <laughs> the difference that I perceive as uh, with you and and myself in the ways that we are, um, thinking about the kind of work we do is it's not. There's a, there are people who do similar things and it's all about just healing and and feeling, well, so to speak. I mean, even just wellness and health, like great there's a sort of more And what if what is holistic and what is wholeness if not that awareness of reality in a very specific way a very specific awareness uniquely you know unique to everybody but still a very specific unifying awareness of reality and instead of just wanting people to be their best selves, so to speak, which is important, or feel empowered as themselves, so to speak, all of that is wrapped up in a particular kind of identity. I am consciously aware of how the identity needs to meld with a particular understanding of reality, which is more about that literal wholeness and and unity. And movement, for me personally, is the main tool to catalyze that awareness and becoming more aware of, the link between sure those neurological patterns and movement. Um, I think all of these tools that you become aware of are for that. And I guess I'm not sure if you think of it that way or not.
0: <laughs> I do think of it that way. You know, what I'm. I do a lot with movement and breath and energy, and I think those tools can all be used to help people connect to this greater purpose, this greater thing. You know, to feel where their place is here and how they fit in with everybody else in harmony.
1: Yeah. Like, it's like the most. I'm as hippie as it gets when it comes down to it. This is like the most hippy dippy shit you can possibly have. <laughs> but with a, a real particular sense of. No, anyway, yeah. Yeah, so I think it's it just sounds it, like what you're describing.
0: Yeah, and helping people to understand and to see that these are features that are like inherently built into the human being, you know, but we just don't use them, right? Mm-hmm. It's like having features on your car that you never use. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like if you never open the sunroof, you know, you don't get to enjoy that. So it's just really helping people to to see all the vastness of human experience that we can be having. Cause I think sometimes we run away when we have a, an emotion that we just don't want to feel, or you know something like that. But fear, it's,
1: like you're saying, yeah,
0: yeah, it's like you know we, we're going to have good, we're going to have bad, but you you got to have both. It's that balance.
1: Well, that's all about perspective, hence choice.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Coming back to choice. All right, we should have started earlier. <laughs>
0: I don't know what time it
1: is. I got to go get my kids soon. It's oh, almost 3.30. Wow. Well, you're coming back to KORU soon,
0: I right? I am. Yeah, coming back to the teacher workshop.
1: Mm-hmm. And you're here for the Whole Health 101 slash open house on March 28th, right?
0: Yes. Yeah, I'll be doing a little presentation then as well.
1: Mm-hmm. Good, good. And your workshop's going to be... Remind me which day it starts. What did we say?
0: April. I can see the calendar in my head. Workshop
1: starting in April. Workshop
0: starting in April. Mid-April on Wednesdays. The last three Wednesdays.
1: All about learning to use these tools that are available to all of us all the time. One of them being breath, but so much more.
0: Yeah, really learning to connect with your intuition and just to start to feel into your body and to to begin to understand what some of the things you're feeling, um, you know, pain-wise, maybe what needs to be cleared, what needs to be addressed, the emotion underneath that, and then given step-by-step tools to start to access, identify, and clear those things. So we're going to be doing um, a shamanic healing journey as well in that to kind of get to the deeper stuff. Um, and I'll be helping people individually. So it's going to be a smaller class so that we have more one-on-one time.
1: It's a series, right? It's a couple yep. of weeks. Three, not, three yeah, weeks. Yeah, three series. Okay, three classes, right.
0: Yeah. To help people really learn to connect in a, a safe way and just really get the tools that they can take with them to keep using, to just learn how to feel good and live a happy life. <laughs> it's what we all want, right?
1: As far as I can tell.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Awesome. I need to do a little test run, I think. Would you be game for that?
0: A test run? Well,
1: experience it. Yeah, I want to experience this shamanic journey. I got to learn more. I got stuff to learn. (laughs) (laughs) I got patterns. You got
0: to come to the class.
1: That might be hard. Uh, I'll think. Oh, yeah. Well, regardless, is there a way? I'm coming for a session, yeah. Yeah, let's do a session. Yeah. I'd like to. But for now, thank you.
0: Thank you, thanks for having me. Anything else? It's been fun. I'm, I'm excited to come back and uh, keep teaching this stuff.
1: Thank you. All right, see you later Beth. Thanks. Hey, welcome back to Just Me Talking. Glad you're here, glad you're still with us. That was, that was nice, right? That was a little different you could kind of feel that something was in the air now. Like everything was literally about to change for everyone, every living human. And our whole perspective of civilization was clearly shifting. We weren't sure how dramatically, but possibly it was going to be dramatic. I could feel it. I could see it. And I think Beth was somewhat aware of it, but we were both just recognizing that we take care of ourselves and that's all we know that makes sense to do. Nothing had really happened just yet. As far as we knew here in this part of the world. Um, anyway, thank you. Here we are in the midst of quarantine still while I'm recording and maybe not when you're listening, you never know because who knows what's going to happen in the next day or week or whatever. Um, we'll leave it at that. BethManningIntuitive.com. As you'll see in the notes, that's Beth Manning Intuitive. Go. She is available for sessions now. Discover, align, and thrive. That's what it says on our website. It's a wonderful website. Lots of good copy. Really worth reading. And on the top right, book an appointment. Book an appointment with Beth. She's lovely. She's as friendly and kind and just gentle and present as she looks in her picture on this homepage, and hopefully you got all of that and more from this conversation thank you talk soon please do the normal stuff of liking and if you're not already subscribed subscribe it's kind of a new uh well it's a not kind of it's an extremely new take on this podcast and these are the first four episodes have been a real treat. I look forward to getting more recorded. I just need to figure out how to use all the technology so you can do it digitally. And I think I'm almost there. So maybe pretty soon the fifth and the sixth, et cetera, will be out now that we're all best friends with, uh, our computers and, and recording software. Uh, I will see you later. We'll leave it at that. Okay. All the best. Movement matters. So keep moving. And keep loving. Whatever that means to you, think about it. But mostly move. Because that's a lot. All right. Thank you.